Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. All right, welcome, friends. I'm so glad to be back with you guys this evening. So we're in the middle of a series about suffering, about big emotions and the things that maybe we don't want to feel. And my hope is that this series helps us to feel perhaps a little bit more confident in how we feel, what we feel, and how we engage with those feelings. And so we started out talking about the fact that suffering is inevitable, right? Within Buddhism, with the very first of the Four Noble Truths is that suffering is a part of life. And we see this over and over again as teachings across tradition, that we are not going to get so lucky that we escape it, right? And we'll feel it in different ways. It will look different, but we will all experience moments that are incredibly painful and or difficult. And at the same, and often within those same teachings, they, they, the wise ones, the writers of these teachings, suggest meditation as a coping mechanism for suffering. And all of these practices start where they start and they end up in the same place, which is a heart-based place. It's a place of compassion or meditating on the heart, within the heart, with heart-based feelings. And I think on the surface that can sound maybe magical or esoteric or perhaps like lovely when you're feeling good and useless when you're feeling bad. And so I wanted to get a little bit more granular on what those teachings are really guiding us to do because You know, we can say things that are beautiful, like meditate on the cave of the heart. And for some of us, we'll be like, oh yeah, like I feel that I want to be in the cave of my heart. And the rest of us are like, what about the rest of us over here suffering, right? So what this is saying is number one, let us acknowledge what we feel. Coming into the heart space is asking us to acknowledge what we feel. And many of us are able to identify like three feelings, sad, mad, and glad, right? Like we can, for the most part, we can identify those. But then when you say, keep digging, because there are way more emotions on the spectrum than just three. So what do you feel under sad? What do you feel under mad? And we keep 
paying attention. We stay present. Often we uncover feelings that are harder to identify or to name or to admit. These can be things like heartbreak, hopelessness, shame, despair. And so step one in this heartfelt, compassion-based meditation practices, can I just be willing to stay long enough to get granular in my identification? Can I not run away the moment I say the word mad and go, yeah, but what's under that? And then once I do that, the piece that has to come hand in hand with that is not only am I asked to acknowledge how I feel, I also need to not be afraid of what I feel. Most of us know what to do on some level with sad, mad, glad. When we're sad, maybe we numb. And when we're scared, perhaps we run away. And when we're angry, perhaps we fight. But what do we do with hopelessness? What do we do with heartbreak? And I think the answer for many of us is we seize up and we say, oh my God, I don't know what to do with that. I can't feel that. Perhaps we say things like, this is unbearable. Or what if it's like this forever? Or I shouldn't feel this way. Or it shouldn't be this way. All of those statements are often indicators that we have left the present moment. We've left our bodies and our experience and we're getting lost in stories. It is the call to come back to our mindfulness practice. This is why we practice. I, I'm making a huge statement by saying that, so I'm making an assumption. Maybe it's not why you practice, but I, this is why I practice. So that when I feel those feelings, the ones that are unbearable or unmentionable in some way, I don't get completely lost. I have some sense of what to do, which is one, acknowledge it. I might even just say to myself, this is so hard. And then two is to see if I can stop being afraid of this. And I, I want to put an asterisk here and make sure I'm being really clear that when I'm talking about being sad, mad, scared, all of these things, I'm really talking about this in the context of external events that are not immediately threatening your actual safety. I'm talking about taking in the world news, the eco-crisis, politics, things that hurt, that are scary, that are hard, but your actual safety is not threatened in the moment you're in, right? If you're in an actual life and death situation, obviously these teachings are not applicable in that moment, right? 
So this is for these heartbreaking moments that we are taking in most often through third-party sources, okay? And I'll give you like a very light example. This is really interesting. So I was on vacation with the family and, you know, I have a seven-year-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old and anybody who's been on vacation with little kids, you're like, nobody ever told you what vacation was like with kids. It is not a vacation. It is exhausting and basically horrible in every way, right? And this year, for the first time since having kids, our vacation was not horrible. It was mostly fun and it was less exhausting. And as I was noticing, like, wow, we've really entered a different phase in parenting, and I was reflecting back on these past vacations that felt so hard, I noticed that I, I was very caught in a belief about what vacation should feel like, right? And what I should feel like while on vacation. And when I didn't, I suffered. That's my cue. It should be a different way than it is. Wake up. Time to put your practice to use. Right? Because it's not different. We can want it to be all day long but we can't just magically change things because we wish it was so. We actually have to be able to be okay in what is. And so our practice says, slow down. What are you actually feeling? So mad, because I want to rest on vacation and I'm not, but maybe disappointed and more likely maybe a little bit of shame that maybe I am parenting in a way that is creating a bad vacation versus a good one, and creating all of these stories which I may or may not be aware of, and reacting in all of these ways that I may or may not be aware of, when really, what would happen if I just sat down and said, man, I'm sort of believing I'm a shitty parent right now, and that hurts horribly. And what if instead of getting up and running away from that, I just sat there for a second and said, can I be here for one more breath? And sometimes the answer is yes. And so we stay. And sometimes the answer might be no. And let's be, let's acknowledge that answer too. Because what if in the moment of your meditation practice, you go, actually, this is unbearable. I actually can't stay one more breath. It's so painful. And that is your cue to ask for help. This is when an isolated, self-reflective practice is not going to be enough. This is when we find a loved one that we trust, a 
licensed therapist or social worker or support network of some kind to help you with the big emotions. And often those two go hand in hand. I'll tell one more silly story and then we'll practice. As you know, for the last however long, year plus, I have been reading Harry Potter aloud to my seven-year-old. We're on book six. And in book six, spoiler alert, in case you haven't read it, Harry has just found out that there was a prophecy made about him. And the prophecy basically says he is the only one that is destined to fight the most evil wizard that has ever lived. And only one of them can survive. And he heard this prophecy and is holding it. And his teacher, his mentor says, have you told your friends, your two like closest buddies? And Harry says, no. And his mentor says, you should. You should trust them with this incredibly huge, scary statement. And so he, Harry does, he shares this prophecy with his two closest friends. And so the story goes, he shares it and he immediately feels a bit better because neither of his friends get up and run away. They don't have a solution. It doesn't change anything. But his friends hear what he says and they don't run away. What I'm saying, what the meditation practice is saying is be your own friend. Don't run away. What happens if you just stay? Even if nothing changes, even if you don't fix anything, what happens if you stay? So we will share in a meditation practice tonight. And our practice is one of staying and being curious as we stay. That curiosity is what lets us get under the immediate identification. I am mad. What does mad feel like? And what happens if I stay one more breath with mad? And we notice where it carries us, yeah? All right, so move your body just a second because this is a lot to talk about these big emotions and even just naming them can be overwhelming sometimes. So shift around, let yourself get comfortable. And when you are ready, you will let yourself settle into a comfortable seat. You'll let yourself sit in a way that feels supportive and safe. You'll bring your hands onto your lap, palms face down. Perhaps you'll let your eyes close, and if that feels overwhelming or unsteady in any way, you can take a soft gaze down towards the ground. And together as a group here, we'll take a nice deep breath in. And we'll exhale out a sigh. 
And let's just do that again. So inhale deeply. Exhale out a sigh. And then allow your breath just to flow. And as you feel these first few easy breaths in and out, Perhaps you'll start your practice by silently saying to yourself, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words, Know that it is simply calling you here. That statement asks you to let go of your day thus far. Let go of your plans, your to-do list. And invite yourself to simply rest. So maybe you can find a way to let go a bit through your thighs, through your glutes. And perhaps you'll trace up the length of your spine, helping you to sit tall. Rolling your shoulder blades back and down. And letting the crown of the head reach up just a touch. And gradually, the forehead softens. Relaxing the skin around the eyes and the grip of the jaw. See if you can let go of your inner cheeks and your tongue. And for a moment, just let yourself notice the way it feels as you breathe in your chest. And in the same way, let yourself notice how it feels as you breathe in the belly. Noticing if there is any gripping or tension you can let go of. 
inviting in as much softness as you can. And it's here as you breathe You might just take time to scan through your body. And to notice how you feel right now. Whatever word, whatever description just came to mind, just let it stay with you. Allowing your breath to flow in and out. Creating a smooth, steady rhythm to your breath. And a sense of curiosity about what it is you feel now. Breathing in and out. Without needing to change or fix anything. And you might hear bring to mind the image of an infinity symbol. An infinity symbol is the figure eight lying on its side. And in your mind's eye, you might just let your breath trace that infinity, that figure eight shape. Doing this without any rush or any forcing. At whatever easy flow feels right for you. The inhale following part of that symbol, the exhale, the other. 
And each time we pass through the center, we let ourselves be curious about what we feel. The steady inhale and the steady exhale reassuring us. Reminding us that we don't need to fear our feelings. And as we settle into a period of silence, we'll stay with this infinity breath. And if at any point the feeling, the emotion is big or difficult, you might just ask, can I stay for one more loop of that symbol? And if the answer is yes, you follow the infinity breath. And then you ask again, can I stay one more breath? And if at any point the answer is no, you can always simply open your eyes and release the practice sooner than I say. Otherwise, let's sit here and Breathe this infinity breath, this ever curious, ever brave breath. For about 10 more minutes here.
breath flow. One final loop of that infinity symbol. Again, perhaps noticing how you feel in this moment. And whatever it is that you feel, what if it was okay to feel that? Very gradually, you can let go of that infinity breath, feeling just a simple breath in and out. And perhaps you wiggle your fingers and your toes, feeling into those edges, reminding yourself of exactly where you are in space and time. And together, we'll take one last deep breath in. Exhale out a sigh. Taking all the time you need to let go of your practice and to blink your eyes back open. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.